Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Amen. TPR's Prophetic History. This is session nine, entitled The Nora Story. Now, for those of you who don't know, this building, is uh, at, its address is 1503 Nora Drive. And so we're on a little, a little street here called Nora. And it was a street that I, you know, I've lived in Arlington for 20 years. It was a street I'd never thought of, heard of. If I'd passed it, I'd passed it and not known it. Um, and little did we know it was going to have a profound uh, part in our, in our destiny and who we are in the gift of God in our prophetic history. It was going to have a, a loud role to play. So I'm going to give you a couple of uh, little kind of interpretive keys uh, tonight. We have a lot of stories to tell about the history of this ministry. I don't think we have one. I don't think we have anything like the story of how we got this building. I don't think it compares to anything where we've actually seen the Lord move. I think that was the intention of the Lord to give us great faith of what he will do in the future, to give us a, uh, an incredible endowment of a story because it's so layered. And I'm going to tell you the layers tonight. Second, I don't think that there has been any moment in the ministry's history as impacting as the Lord getting us this building. What this did for us was it changed everything. And we were no longer uh, vagabonds moving around from this place to this place. We were no longer uh, having to rent. We were no longer uh, a, play, a people without a place. We got a home in this building. And what that did for us was it allowed us to lay a foundation that we could then begin to build upon. And really up until that point, everything we were doing that was foundational was in our theology, was in our culture, was in our practice, but it wasn't in our finances. It wasn't in our establishment in the region uh, and in having any sort of a place. And it's, it is a big deal to have a home and to be able to uh, build in that place and grow in that place and make decisions based off of having that as a, a starting point, this was a game changer for us. And it really, in so many ways, around the 10-year mark of our ministry, it was really a restart for us. It was really a new beginning in so many profound ways. And now I want to get into this. We were in the uh, season of Prince of Peace, for those of you who've been tracking with us. It was a church that we were a part of, uh, that we were meeting in their uh, congregation's uh, sanctuary for a few years. And every morning, though I appreciated the space, every morning, because we're renters, every morning, because it wasn't ours, every morning, because there was so much about it that wasn't our DNA, wasn't who we are, every morning, I'd ask the Lord, Lord, would you give us our own space? Can we move out of this place? And every morning I heard the Lord say no. Every morning for two years. And I'm just telling you, if you ask the Lord a question that you're expecting him to talk to you back about, and you ask him that same question every day for years, you get really clear on the answer. And if and when the answer ever changes, oh, you feel that one in an instant. And one morning I'm praying my normal prayer, expecting to hear my normal answer. And I said, Lord, would you... Would you please allow us our own place? Would you get us out of here and give us our own space, please? And as soon as I prayed it that time, I heard the Lord say, it's time. And as soon as I did, I began skipping 
back and forth because there was no doubt in my heart. I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew. The Lord had just spoken and we're done. Now, done doesn't mean no process. There's always a process. But done means the process starts and yesterday there wasn't even a start of a process. I know it's the Lord. And so I began for the first time, I feel permission in my spirit to start looking around a little bit. Every time before that, it was always no. So I started looking around. I just, it's a couple of days later and, and I decide, you know what, I'm going to I'm just going to go out. Part of what I want to do is I don't really think I'm going to find the building. I don't even know what the building is. What I want to do is I want to figure out what's the market right now. How much does a building cost? What's a building renting for? What's the square footage? What's the dollar per square footage? I just want to kind of get my feet wet a little bit because it had been five years since I'd had to do that process in Arlington and a lot changes in five years. I knew what things looked like five years prior. I didn't know what things looked like at that moment. So I'm going to go check out a couple of buildings and just kind of get a little bit of a feel. What do things look like in this time frame? I go and look at two buildings. It's three days later. That's when I was able to make it work and get in and, you know, have a realtor let me in kind of a thing. I had two buildings uh, scheduled. First one was an old radio studio, and it was kind of cool, but it didn't, it didn't feel like home. I, I don't know how else to say it. I walked in. It was like cool, but it didn't feel like home. The second was this building, and they, the realtor lets me in, and I walk in, and I just start looking around, and I'm instantly seeing more or less this. I'm seeing it kind of in my mind's eye. It's not a vision. I, it's my, my imagination, but I'm seeing it. I can feel it. I'm like, I could see us here. Going around, I, upstairs, seeing the room layouts and where we could put some, I'm thinking, man, this, this could work. This could be a place for us to be able to hunker down and really make a base of operation for a few years, however long until the Lord does some uh, future promises that we're still waiting on. I was like, man, I could see this. And so the problem is the, uh, the building was for sale and not for lease. And we don't have a dollar. Like we have negative dollars, but we don't have a dollar for sure. And we have lots of negative dollars at that point. We were really good at negative. We were like, man, that was our thing. Okay. Um, and so they're, they're not leasing. And honestly, I don't even really know how I wound up at this building because I knew it wasn't for sale and all we could do was rent because I knew we couldn't buy because we'd tried that before and it always was just like, they laughed at us. They literally laughed at us when they saw our financial records in the past. And I was like, so I'm not thinking we're going to buy this. I'm going to try to convince them to lease it to us or do a lease purchase or something and Anyway, so I bring it up with the realtor, and the realtor's like, yeah, no. They're not going to do that. I'll tell you right now. I'm not even going to ask them. I mean, I'll ask them, but the answer's no. You know, no, they're not going to do a lease purchase. So I'm kind of, I don't really know what to do with that. But I'm not set that this is the building. I'm just thinking, well, this could be a building. It, it looks good. But I was shocked at how quickly I found a space without having to go look around at a ton of different locations, which... I got a, at least one full-time job. I, I don't have a lot of time to be looking around at extra locations if I don't have to. So I pray often, Lord, make this easy on me. Please help me. You own the cattle on the Thousand Hills. You know every building inside and out. And which 10,000 are a bad idea? All I need is one. That's a good idea. Just lead me to the one fast. And I, I'm leaving this building going, I could see us there. Like, I'm, I'm shocked by this. Well, another problem. They were offering a great deal on the building. I mean, a great deal. You say, why is that a problem? Well, because when you're offered a really, really, really great deal and it's only $5, but you have negative $5, 
It doesn't matter that you found a great deal for $5 because you don't have it. And so they were offering on this building, it was unbelievable how low the price was that they were selling it for. It's $276,500. $276,500 for this building was astoundingly low, okay? And I knew that, but I mean, we had $0, so it didn't really make much of a difference. And so anyway, I, I start to propose to them, you know, different ideas, whatever, and the, the realtor's kind of like almost kind of, you know, mockingly, almost patting me on the head kind of a thing, like, there, there, little man. And so I, we don't have a hope. There's no way we're going to get this building. But I, start, I get home, and I start processing and praying. And I'll tell you what, there's a great fact to being able to have access to this prayer room all the time to process your junk, ministry stuff, leadership stuff, family stuff. I am so incredibly grateful for this prayer room, wherever its geography might be. And so I'm in the prayer room, and I'm, I'm praying, and I just start to feel a connection. I feel like, I kind of think that might be our building. And I know the guy's saying no, but I know somebody who can get him to say yes. <laughs> and I, I, don't know how, I don't have any talents. I don't have any money, but I do know how to pray. And I can pray. I mean, we can get this thing done. We can buy this thing on faith credit. You know, and so I'm like, I come up with the most crazy convoluted plan of how we're going to get this building. And I present it to our senior leadership team. I bring them into a senior staff meeting. I say, guys, I need you to bear with me. And I get out the whiteboard. And every time I get out the whiteboard, there's, there's kind of a half eye roll in the room. It's like, oh boy, this is one of Brad's plans. And I have more or less like a 10-part plan. And the reason that's important is every one of the parts is a miracle. And if this miracle doesn't happen, you can't even move on to part two. But if it does happen, then you need a miracle for part two to happen. And then a miracle for part three. I, I paint the craziest picture. I'll give you the short version. We need the seller to take a lower offer than they're already offering because I, I just know we're not going to be able to afford uh, what it is that they're offering. And part of it was how much down payment money we're going to need. Because remember, we have zero dollars and actually even uh, an abundance of less than that. Okay. We're going to need, so we're going to need them to take a lower offer than their already low, low, low offer or low price. Second, we're going to need some very trusting person that just likes us to give us an unsecured $50,000 loan as a down payment because we don't have any money. But if you're going to get a loan on a building, they want you to put a down payment down, but we don't have any money. So our down payment is nothing, but they're not going to take nothing. So my plan is Let's see if we can find some crazy person who's got $50,000 who will let us borrow the $50,000 even though we have nothing to put up for collateral and there's really no reason at all they should believe we're ever going to pay them back. <laughs> but let's find somebody. Let's just see. And everybody in the senior staff office is like, okay, okay, this is a little crazy, but okay. I go, yeah, we got this. We'll find it. No problem. Next, we're going to then need a second loan for $200,000 because my plan is to offer Two fifty for the building that they're selling for two seventy six five. We're gonna then get, we're gonna need another loan for two hundred thousand dollars. A loan we have historically for ten years not been able to get, but now magically they're just gonna give us a loan. Why not? It's time. Then we're gonna need sixty five thousand dollars for remodel because once we get the building, the building was not ready for us to move in by a long shot. And I've done enough remodel projects. I kind of got, uh, you know, and I've got a little bit of real estate background. 
I, I was, when it all came down to it, I was pretty close on the 65000 had we not had some other components to the story I'll tell you about. So we needed $65,000 for the remodel. So I don't know where we're going to get $65,000 from people that have been giving all that they can give from the, for the past number of years and we're in debt. But suddenly, magically, everybody's just going to have money and give us $65,000. Okay, next. Then we need our broke community of 20-year-olds that don't have any money. After they've somehow given us $65,000, then we need to increase our monthly income another $6,500 a month on top of all the nothing we were already bringing in. So we need now somehow supernatural finances like just from everybody because we're about to make a power play. I mean, we're gonna make a move here that's impossible. And at this point now, the senior sounds like, well, you already got us on board with that crazy thing. That Sure, why not? We'll believe you for your dumb little train run. Let's do it. Let's get on board. Here we go. Sure, Brad, sure, we'll get 6,500. No problem. Then we need to have a believable plan very fast before the building sells to somebody else. We need to have a plan that's believable that I can present to the realtor and go, hey, we're gonna do this, 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 and I need to not be lying. I'm really big on not lying. And so it's always a really good way to get cross with the Lord, just start lying, right? So I don't wanna lie. So we need a plan that's believable, but we need it fast. So we need these things to start, the dominoes to start following, falling fast so that somebody else doesn't buy up this building because it's really a cheap deal. All right, then we need the town to grant us a special permit to rezone the space, okay? And they're real big on getting tax dollars. So to rezone the space from being a commercial tax revenue producing reality, to rezone it to be, you know, religious, you know, whatever assembly and not get any tax, that's another hurdle, and then we somehow need, you know, minor deal, we somehow need to convince the entire community this is a good idea. Uh-huh. So not just the senior staff that like kind of wants to believe, we got to convince the whole community this is a good plan, this is Jesus. And we just started to move forward as best as we could and then began to watch the Lord do the wildest stuff. Let me tell you the story. Lots of dreams began happening very quickly. Some dreams were Dreams that had happened in the past that were being brought into the forefront and somebody saying, hey, I had this dream, hey, I had this dream. Others, the dreams are happening right away from the time period that I come and check out this building. I wanna give you a short little, little nugget here. I gave you the timeline. We're in that other space for two years. I'm praying every day, Lord, let us out. The Lord says, it's time. Three days later, I'm in this building. From the day that I'm in this building, within the next two weeks, 14 days, between that day and 14 days later, two weeks, seven people have had 11 dreams about this building. Seven people, seven different. So it's not just me having a dream every night. I was one of the seven humans. Six other people had dreams. Some had two. We had 11 dreams in two weeks about this building, and it came from seven different sources, several of which had no idea we were talking about moving. Because I didn't tell anybody but the senior staff. And they said, guys, this is what I'm feeling like the Lord's saying. I went and checked out this building. What do you guys think? And people are coming and say, hey, Brett, are we moving? Because I had a dream. Let me tell you a few of them. One of our leaders had this dream. In my dream, TPR was in a different location from, from Prince of Peace. The prayer room itself was fairly small. And as I came into the room, I saw a wall in a weird place and a pillar. 
I had my nieces with me, and I was telling them that they had to be quiet in the prayer room. So she understood this was the prayer room. Next, she had another dream. Said, I had a dream about us hosting an IHOPU ministry trip. It was a small building in a different location from Prince of Peace. It had a wooden fence around part of the back of the property, which backed up to a residential neighborhood. Well, you're hearing these dreams. I'm kind of processing, going, well, that actually is exactly the building. I mean, those are like really clear details. About said, Lord, give me a dream. Well, that night I went to sleep, and I had a dream about us moving into this building. Specifically, this one, like I knew it. No mincing of words. It was this building. I knew it. And I was talking about how we were going to get the money for the remodel in the dream. I was like talking about the plan. And the thing that stood out the most in the dream, just as an odd point, the dream was mostly about the wild colors on the walls in this facility. And there were some wild colors on the walls before. I mean, we got pictures. You need to see them. It was, a, it was interesting. But I have some really clear dream about these pictures, the wild colors, the blues, the reds, the yellows, and the greens. Now, yes, I had seen the inside of the building at that point, and I knew those colors. But that detail shows up again later. Well, you know, if I can be honest, even though we're having all these dreams, we had just come out of a season that had lasted for a long time of disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And when you're in a season like that with back-to-back heartbreaks, devastations, losses. It is very difficult to convince yourself to believe God for the biggest thing you've ever believed him for. It is a very difficult thing to stir your faith up, to believe for the impossible when you're really still licking your wounds. And I'm, I'm, I'm praying, I'm like, Lord, I need you to help me. And that same day, I get an email from a friend of mine who leads another house of prayer. Who doesn't know we're thinking about any of this? That's a key. No one knows anything. People are just doing life and then sending whatever they send. This friend of mine writes me and she says, Brad, I felt like the Lord told me to, to tell you this. She said, Psalm 119.49, remember the word to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my uh, comfort in my affliction that your word has revived me. That's the exact thing I'm struggling with. I've been in this affliction, I'm in this deep moment, but I'm getting this word and I'm feeling it revive me, but I'm having a hard time giving myself to it. And she sends me this word and I'm like, whoa day. Well, the next day, her husband emails me. Now the two of them don't know that the other has had a conversation with me. So the husband emails me the next day and I do the homework to figure out, hey, thanks, but uh, your wife told me that yesterday. He said, I haven't talked to my wife about this said, you both got the same word for me within two days and you didn't know it? Here's the word he sent me the next day. God really wants to drive home the point, Brad, that he will remember the promises that you have hidden in your heart. Now, the, the verse from before is, remember the word to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort and my affliction. It's the same exact language, same idea. And I'm like, okay, okay, I can believe I can believe at least to help me in my unbelief. Like, I can believe to believe. Okay? couple days later, one of our worship leaders at that time, she doesn't know anything. She sends me this dream. Brett, I had a dream where the prayer room was in a new building. She didn't remember what the building looked like, only that she remembered seeing the color yellow everywhere. I wouldn't have paid as much attention to this dream except for the fact 
that that was the very highlight point that the Lord had given me in my dream just a few days before was the color yellow, not only, but the color yellow on the walls as a very bright, I mean, there was suns and swirls and I think the yellow brick rainbow was on the walls. I mean, it was, it was a mess in here. And so I, I was like, oh my gosh, that's another one. Well, that same night that that worship leader had that dream, same night, Luke Cooper had a dream. Luke says, I was working on the dock at FedEx in my dream and someone said to me that they were giving me a car. And I said in the dream, park it over there. And I pointed or indicated to the parking lot of the Nora building that we had been looking at. So it's like, where's Luke going to park his car? He's going to park it at the place he's going to go all the time and pray. I'm like, okay. But he didn't know that the other person had the dream the same night. And they had the same night. It's, un it's kind of unnerving when you find yourself in one of these prophetic swirls where the Lord's doing stuff all the time. It's like almost dizzying. You can't even keep up with it. Well, the day I take the senior staff over to see it, now we're, we're at day, I don't know, seven or eight or nine or something from when I had first come and seen the building. I said, well, why don't you guys come over there with me? We'll give it a look. They come over here. One of our leaders, the one that had the two dreams, Lisa Loper, she walks in over here, over that direction, walking into this space from that angle. And as she does, she stops in her tracks. We kind of look at her, and she's having a moment. She goes, this, that wall, that pillar, this is what I saw in my dream. And I pointed back right there to my nieces and said, you got to be quiet. We're going into the prayer room. She said, I was right here in my dream. It's one of the very few times I've heard of that level of exact detail. She wasn't saying it felt kind of like it. She was saying, I've been in this room before. It was in my dream. I've seen this. And I was like, well, that's enough for me. I think this is our building. Then we started to have some remembrance points of dreams that we had had back in 2010. I won't go into that. It just continued to add to the story. But those are on top of the 11 dreams we had from seven people in two weeks. It was just more and more. Well, we now need some money, at least. And so we start praying for $65,000. And the game plan, oh no, I'm sorry, let me back up. We need the down payment money, the $50,000 that we need from an unsecured loan. We find somebody, and this is what they say. They say, not only will I give you that $50,000 loan, but the interest, because they personally had to take out a loan in order to get us the money. And they said, I won't charge you the interest I'm going to be charged. I'm going to give that money I'm not going to charge you the interest. I'm getting charged to take out that loan. I'll give you the $50,000. You guys pay me back however you can, whenever. I said, oh my goodness. Well, he goes to try to take out the loan. And because of where his situation was, blah, 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 he was only able to take out a loan for $37,000. He says, that's okay. I happen to have $13,000 in the bank. I'll give it to you. $13,000 is a gift. $37,000 is a loan with zero interest. Unsecured loan. Who of you would do, no one would do that. That's, that's crazy. I so honor that man. I so honor his faith and his love and his faithfulness, his kingdom mindset. I am so blessed by that man. Well, okay, I'm like, I can't believe we're starting to tick things off the crazy list. I go, this is starting to happen. I go, I think God's going to do it. And everybody's like, okay, well, let's take the next step. So I'm like, okay, well, the next step is we need that loan we haven't been able to get for, for 10 years. 
that we've been trying to get. I can't tell you how many times I tried to get a loan. I literally got laughed at by two different lenders. They laughed at me. Like one guy snickered, one guy outright laughed at me. We couldn't get a loan. We start to apply, we start to put the stuff together. I, the first lender I go to, who I'd never gone to before in the past, first lender I go to, they're like, yeah, let's see what we can do. Let's see, and I was like, you're not laughing? Like you're not gonna laugh at me and shame me and make me feel like put my tail between my legs and walk out all sad? You're gonna listen? And no, I didn't say any of that. I was like, yes, that's right, of course you are. It's the season. And so, so they start working stuff out and things start looking promising. So it's a few weeks later or whatever. And I, I mean, at this point now, from the first time I've come to see the building to this next moment, I bet you a month and a half or two months have passed, okay? <clears throat> the loan's looking promising. I go back, I call the realtor. Hey, it's me. You know, that guy you wanted to sweep under the rug and get rid of? Now I'm back. And it's looking like we're gonna be able to get a loan and we've got the down payment, no problem. It's in the account at that point. We've got the money in the account. I'm like, we are set. This stuff's happening. He goes, oh, well, we already sold the building. I go, you did what? He said, yeah, we sold the building. He goes, it's a CPA. This guy is independently wealthy. He's got a bunch of different properties. I'm just telling you, Brad, this is a done deal. I said, in Jesus' name, it's not a done deal. He said, I'm t he said this is done. He said, everything's coming together. It looks real good. And I said, uh, I go, okay, well, would you keep my number and, and get back to me if something changes? He says, sure, I'll, I'll consider you a backup offer, but I'm just telling you right now, this is a done deal. I've been doing real estate for 25, 30 years. This is a done deal. I go, okay, we'll see. I hang up. And I go back to the senior staff and go, okay, it's time to go to war. We're going to get this man to cancel this contract. And I said, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to change the rapid fire topic. For those of you who don't know how we do that, we end every prayer meeting praying for the same focus point so that whether you come in the morning, the afternoon, the night, the weekend, whatever, we're all praying for the same thing. And we decide we're going to change the rapid fire topic to, Lord, let this guy find a better deal and cancel the contract. And Lord, can you do it before the senior staff work retreat that's two weeks from now? I know that's a lot, but we're gonna go on the senior staff work retreat and it's called a work retreat because we're supposed to work and get stuff done. The whole ministry has been on total pause for like four years. We're not getting anything done, or at least two years at that point. We're not getting anything done, we're not moving there. We're, if we went on this work retreat, we would just sit there and blink at each other for like two days because there would be nothing to work on because there's nothing to work on unless this deal goes through, in which case we can spend the weekend getting things together, ready, the financials, how we're gonna do the remodel, what's the game plan, what we can do, how are we gonna move in. We, there would be a lot to talk about if we could get the building and there would be nothing to talk about if not. I said, so okay guys, let's change the rapid fire topic for the Lord to cancel this contract and let this guy have a good day. I mean, let him have something good happen to him. I'm not trying to wish a curse on him. I just want our building that we've got 11 dreams about. Said, and Lord, do it by the senior staff work retreat. Well, we're praying it every day. I mean, this is happening nine times a day for two weeks, every day, every day. Hey, Brad, you hear anything? No, you hear anything? No. Morning of the work retreat, I call the realtor. It's eight o'clock in the morning. Hey, it's me. Just uh, call and see if there's any updates. He said, Brad, there is no update. He said, this guy, his financials are working, come together. This is almost a done deal. He said, I'm sorry, this, this isn't happening. And I go, okay, well, humor me. Just, just call me if something changes, okay? He goes, oh, okay. That was eight o'clock. 
11.30, we're in the car. The senior staff's in the car, headed to the work retreat. And I get a phone call. We're not there yet. We're not at the work retreat yet. The Lord's got like 10 minutes left to make good on this deal. The phone rings, and it's the realtor. Brad, you're never going to believe this. Oh, yes, I will! He said, the guy just called and canceled the contract. I said, I said, okay, well, what, what happened? He said, he's a CPA and it's tax season and he's busy. He says, he doesn't have time for this good deal right now. He's too busy doing taxes. So he said, he canceled. He said, he's got the money, he's got everything. He just doesn't feel like he's supposed to get it anymore. He's busy. I said, that's right, he said that. And everybody else in the car is like with bated breath going, what's going on? They know it's the realtor because I'm like, it's the realtor. I pick up and they're all just like, what? And I was like, okay, okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay. Bye. And they're like, what happened? I go, we got to cancel the contract. And everybody's shooting all excited. So now immediately I call whoever the section leader was at the base at the time. And I go, change the rapid fire topic. We got it. And everybody's freaking out. They're all excited. I go, well, we're not out of the woods yet. I go, we canceled a contract. We don't have a contract. We don't even have a loan. I go, now we need to pray that the Lord would somehow miraculously give us the loan that we haven't been able to get in 10 years. Give us the loan by tomorrow morning. Because tomorrow morning, we need to know that like this is real and we can actually start planning this, this uh, you know, move in and stuff. So they changed the rapid fire topic. So now every two hours, God, give us a loan. You canceled the contract. We believe in you. You're the God who does crazy stuff. No, give us the no, no, no. So, so I get a call the next morning at like, I don't know what time it was. I, I've got it. Oh, 8.30. I get a call at 8.30 a.m. And it's the lender. The lender that I've been working with for about a month and a half or two months at this point. Probably about two months at this point. And he calls me. He says, hey, we got the loan done. He said, you can officially, you're officially approved for $200,000. Now, don't ask for a dollar more, but you're officially approved for $200,000. Now, if you're doing the math, we're approved for 200. We got 50 in the bank. We're going to make an offer for 250. But if they want 251, we don't have it. And remember, the sales price is 276.5. You guys tracking? Okay, $26,000 more or whatever. So I'm like, okay. So as soon as he tells me we got the loan, I call the section leader. Change your rapid fire topic. We're going to tell everybody we got it, but don't celebrate too much. We're not out of the woods yet. I go, now pray that they'll accept our ridiculously low offer on a, a what was already low price building. Pray, and now everybody's praying every two hours. Oh, God, give us a thing. To, no, no, no. All right. Okay, same day, 4 p.m. We've submitted the offer. Now, here's, here, this is great. I tell the realtor, I go, hey, listen. We do not have a dollar more than $250,000. I said, and I'm sorry. The building might be worth more than that. Wink, wink. It might be. I don't know, but it may be. But I know what we have and what we don't have, and so it really doesn't matter what you want. I know what we have. We can do 250. So we're going to do 250. We want to keep the mineral rights. We want to do this. We don't want to do that. We want to do this. And I just, I just throw out the wildest ask. And the guy says, well, they're never going to go for that. I go, we'll see. He said, he said, I'll tell you this right now, Brad. I've been representing this client for 18 months on no, multiple properties. I have never seen them accept an offer for less than their asking price. And I've helped them with a number of business transactions. I've never seen them offer it, uh, accept a lower offer. And he said, you know this is already low priced. I said, yeah. Well, he said, oh, one more detail. 
there's a board of directors that's making the decision and the chairman of the board is in the Bahamas right now. So I'll send the information, but they're in Bahamas. They're not going to get back for a week. And then when they get back, then they got to confer with their board. And I go, just, just let me know as soon as it happens. That's like 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay. By 4 p.m. He calls me same day. He says, well, the lady was in the Bahamas. She just happened to be looking at her laptop when I sent the email. She got the email. She got on the phone immediately. She made the calls to all the board that's on the board of directors. They approved your crazy offer. I can't believe they said yes. They said yes to everything you asked for, said, I'll send you over the contract. So now I'm like, okay, we're in, man. We're, we got this. So I call the section leader, change the rapid fire topic. I go, tell him we got the contract. We're going to get this thing for 250 And everybody's all excited. I go, okay. Well, in the process of this, we're getting the deal of a lifetime here. I mean, it's already low price building. And then the Lord just keeps making things easier and easier. Let me give you one little example. I'm talking to the lender and the lender says this, Brad, a purchase price with a loan on the purchase, a purchase price of $250,000 and a penny enters you into another bracket, which makes the appraisal cost more and the loan more difficult to get done. He said, you guys are at the absolute last penny you could be at to be in the first bracket where it's the easiest and the appraisal only costs a couple hundred dollars instead of a few thousand dollars and the process is this and that and the other. I said, you gotta be kidding me. He said, yep. He said, this is great. He said, it'll be really easy. I'll get, I'll get working on it. This is the lender. Okay. So then the appraiser comes to appraise the building and he starts walking around and he goes, how much are you guys getting this for? I go, 250. He just starts laughing. He goes, it's on the tax records for 327, and it's probably worth more than that. He said, you guys are getting an outstanding deal on this building. You are really, I don't know who you know, how you made this happen. I'm like, oh, I know who I know. I know who I know. We wound up in the process of this, because of the little windfalls, we wound up saving tens of thousands, literally tens of thousands of dollars in the process for the closing and everything else. We wound up only having to come to the closing table with $2,000 to close on this building. It was absurd. It was so crazy. So we're finishing up the loan process and it's all, all in all between the two loans. Cause remember we've got one for $37,000 and we got one for $200,000. You guys tracking with my numbers so far? We got two loans together. The total amount is $2,200 a month for the note. We had previously been in a space where we were leasing that was smaller than this and we were paying $5,000 a month. So we were in a lease space for three years for five grand a month. We're gonna get to own this place and build equity in it. Plus we're already gonna have equity, $2,200 a month. I am giddy, I am giddy. I feel like I'm on cloud nine, nothing could get me down. It's unbelievable. I'm just like, man, this is awesome. When God is for us, who can be against us? And then the devil reminded me, who can be against us? And the wheel will still prevail, but it does not mean that there will not be an uphill fight. So we needed remodel money. So I told, when I were, we got the approval for the, uh, the loan, and we got the approval for the, the purchase, I sent the email or whatever, the text to the, the section leader. I said, change the rapid fire. Now we're praying for the $65,000 because we'd already been talking about that. We knew we were going to need $65,000 to remodel. Well, here's what I told him to do. I said, change the rapid fire topic to praying for the $65,000, but let's do this. Let's press in and ask God to do the biggest miracle he's ever done with us financially. Let's ask God, we need 65, but let's pray 50 of the 65 
shows up in a one-time chunk. Just a, a, you know, a check. Somebody writes us a check for $50,000 and we're praying it every two hours. God, give us $65,000, but let somebody give us 50 in a one lump sum check. Or, you know, one lump sum. I don't remember we said check or whatever, but just let, give us $50,000 in a moment and then the other 15, we'll scrape through the couch cushions and we'll find $15,000. But give us 50 in a one-time chunk. So we're praying it every two hours. We're praying it. Well, in the process of that, we come home from the retreat. We've been planning. I'm all excited. And I'm in one of those prayer meetings and I'm going, Lord, you know, what are we going to do? How's this going to go? And I open my Bible to where I was in my reading plan. And I'm reading through the Old Testament and I'm out, I'm, right now I'm in Isaiah. I just finished Isaiah 30. I'm about to start in Isaiah 31, verse 1. I open it and I've got a plan. I'm, I'm plotting. I'm a plotter. And so I've got this plan. I'm going to approach everybody I know who makes more than $6 an hour. And I'm going to ask them, would you give a chunk of money to help us get this thing done? Would you, I've got this plan in my mind. I'm going to approach, I know like three people legitimately that actually, you know, have a, a small amount of money and then everybody else doesn't have anything. And I'm going to even approach the people who don't have anything. I've got this plan. And while I'm planning, I open the word and it says this, woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots and in their great strength of their horsemen. But do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. And I feel this rebuke of the Lord. Trust me. Don't go ask anybody. Trust me. You just pray. Lean into me and pray and don't go ask anybody for money. Now, I believe there are times to go ask people for money. But this was not one of them. The Lord made it really clear. So I'm praying it. I'm going, okay, Lord, help me. And I just feel stirred. I'm like, Lord, we're going to need money, and then we're going to need money, and then we're going to need money. Like, we're going to need it again and again. I mean, if we're going to get this $65, we're going we're to need you to move again and again. And I'm praying, God, send us money again and again and again. And as I'm, as I'm praying it, and I'm like, I'm set. I am focused in. As I'm uh, praying it, the, cor- or the worship leader starts a spontaneous chorus. Wave after wave, Jesus. Send us wave after wave. I'm praying, send me money again and again and again. She's singing, send us wave after wave after wave while I'm praying it. I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm in. Well, so a week later, I have a dream. And in the dream, I won't go into the details, this billionaire walks past me and winks at me. He's like, hey, eh, and winks at me. And it was, I won't give you the details, but the gist of it was the millionaire or the billionaire was on our side and was gonna see to it that we got the $50,000. Because we're praying every two hours, $50,000, 65 total, but give us the 50. And I see this billionaire, and I know it's the Lord. And the Lord's like, I got you. And in the dream, it was specifically the $50,000, and the billionaire winks at me. So I wake up, I write it down, I'm like, we're gonna get this money. I don't know how, okay? But we're not getting it. And I'll tell you what, when an hour goes by, your faith starts to just get a little bit trembly. We are a weak people. And I'm like, Lord, I need your help, I need your help. Well, it's a few days later, and Debbie Roberts, who's had a profound impact in this ministry for many years, she sends me a word, and she says, Brad, I just, I was praying, and I came across this uh, verse in the, in the word, and the Lord drew my attention to it, and said to pray it over you, and I've been praying it over you uh, for the past day or so, and I wanted to send it to you. It's Psalm 20, 1 through 9, I'll give you the short version. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May he send you help. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make your plan succeed. She doesn't know we're working on any of this. 
May we shout for joy over your victory. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now I know this. The Lord has given victory to his anointed. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We will rise up and stand firm. Lord, give victory to the king. Answer us when we call. Exact phrases from the, the Isaiah 30. That I mean exact. I'm like, okay, we're in. This is going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen or when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Lord's got one more parable for us in the midst of all this. A few nights after I had that dream about the billionaire winking at me, that same billionaire, same face, same, same guy, shows up in another dream. But this one's a little interesting. It's a little bit of a, of a parable, okay? In this dream, the billionaire is standing here, and right next to him, he's standing next to himself. It's another guy that looks just like him. It's the same guy. But they're dressed different. I know both of them are the billionaire, but they're dressed different, and they're pursuing this beautiful woman in the dream. They're pursuing this woman. She's faceless, though. Often that's a picture of the Holy Spirit. She, I know she's beautiful, but I can't see her face. And both of these billionaires, who it's the same guy, but it's two different guys, but it's the same guy, both of these billionaires are pursuing this woman, and they're trying to woo her, but they're wooing her from very different perspectives. The first one is very well-dressed and nice and just, you know, very, uh, very formal and is, is being very romantic in all the traditional sense. And, and the woman's kind of like, well, maybe. The other guy is just like, shirts untucked, fun, just goofy. And I was like, I think I can relate to that guy. And, uh, and, and it, but it's the same guy, and he's pursuing the woman, and the woman's like, maybe. And I wake up from the dream, and I'm really clear, this is the Lord. And I, I know that the, the woman actually in the dream, I know it's this building. I just know it. In my spirit, I'm like, I know the, the woman being pursued is getting this building. But there's two approaches we can take. We can take the very formal approach and go the route that actually I feel like the Lord was rebuking us to not do in the, in the Isaiah 30 and then in the Psalm verse that we got from Debbie. I feel like that's kind of the professional, like, go this way. Or we could just go the ragtag, rough and ugly. Let's just pray and ask God wild faith, see him do something crazy. And so we decide that that's what we're going to do. Well, part of the reason that that's really interesting, at this point, we'd already started referring to this building as the Nora building. You know, hey, are you going over to the place? What's the place? You know, the Nora building? Yeah, I'm going over the Nora building. And we're coming over here and we're praying and we're doing all this stuff. We're calling this building, the Nora building, over and over and over. Well, I have this dream about the billionaires pursuing this beautiful woman who doesn't have a face. And again, I know, when I wake up, I know that woman is this building. I know it. It's a few days later and I decide, you know what? I'm just going to Google. I don't know why. I'm just going to Google and look up. What does the word Nora mean? That name. What does Nora mean? One of the meanings that the scholars said for the name Nora means the beautiful one. I was shocked that here I am having dreams where the building is being described as the beautiful woman and the word Nora means the beautiful one. I was like, that's it forever. She's going to be the beautiful woman. I was like, come slap a coat of paint on her because she's ready. A fresh increase of beauty. Mar uh, Marvin Adams comes and he ministers to us. And he's given a prophetic word. He just, it was really an interesting word that I don't, I wouldn't have had any context for it at all had we not had this storyline. He just says, Brad, there's going to be a fresh increase of beauty here in this place on Nora Street. So there's going to be an increase of beauty. He doesn't know the word means, Nora means beauty. He doesn't know we got this storyline about a beautiful woman. I was shocked. 
Well, now let's go back to the money because remember, we need $65,000 and we don't have it yet. Okay? $65,000. I'm praying for the $65,000 one day and specifically the 50. Okay? I'm really locked in on that 50. And I'm praying one day and I go, Lord, I just, I want you to give that to us. And into my spirit drops the parable where Jesus is telling the story in Luke 11 where the guy comes, uh, he, he, some out-of-town friends come, and he goes to his next-door neighbor, and it's in the middle of the night, and he says, neighbor, I don't have anything to put before my friends that have come from out of town. Get up and give me bread. And the neighbor says, I am not getting up. My kids are already in bed. I'm in bed. I am not getting up. No way. The guy keeps pounding on the door and says, get up and give me bread. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, not because this man is his friend, but because of his shameless audacity, he will get up and give him as much bread as he wants. And I lock in in my spirit and we begin, all of us as a community, we begin calling the $50,000 bread. Get up and give us bread. Luke 11, get up and give us bread. Give us the $50,000. Give us the $50,000. Everybody in the community at that time knew what the $50,000 was. It was 50 of 65. We want a one-time gift, $50,000, $50,000. We're praying it every two hours, and a lot of us are locked in and praying it way more than that. We are praying like crazy. Get up and give me bread. Well, as soon as I have that Luke 11 encounter, where I'm like, I'm praying it, I'm pacing back and forth. And as I'm praying it, now I've just gotten this word 17 seconds ago, and I am pacing back and forth. Get up and give us bread. But it's settling deep in my spirit. I can feel it going deep fast. And I'm praying, get up and give us bread. $50,000, get up and give us bread. While I'm praying that, Stevie walks over to me. Stevie's my sister-in-law. Stevie's in the prayer meeting. She comes over to me and she taps me on the shoulder and it kind of annoys me, actually, because I'm like locked in, all right? And she taps me on the shoulder and she says, hey, hey, Brad, what does it mean when you dream about sandwiches? I don't know. I go, what? She said, I keep having dreams about sandwiches. Okay. And I just knew that you'd know what that meant. Sandwiches? I don't know. I go, I go, what kind of sandwiches? She describes the sandwiches, and each sandwich has this really unique distinction. It's an entire loaf of bread. Instead of it being slices of bread, it's a whole loaf of bread with meat in there. She's having dreams about 89% bread and 11% meat, okay? She's having dreams about bread. I'm sitting there pacing back and forth going, God, get up and give me bread. At that moment, this girl walks over to me to give me bread. A dream that she had about bread. She said, I keep having over and over. I keep having these dreams about big old loaf bread sandwiches. There's some meat in there, but it's mostly about this bread. I'm shocked that this is happening at that very month. Well, each day at this point, our senior staff is coming over, and we just decided we're just going to do our Jericho runs. We said, here's what we're going to do. All the senior staff commits for seven days. All of us, all by ourselves, whenever you can do it, every day for seven days. Go and drive around this thing seven times, and let's pray for the thing to just wall fall down. Give us this building. Help take care of it. Give us the finances. We are, we are locked in, is my point. Uh, part of the lock-in, I'm in a prayer meeting. This is just, you know, a couple days after the bread thing or whatever. I'm in a prayer meeting, and it's, it's the end of the month, and I just happen to be, I'm in a 5 a.m. prayer meeting, and I happen to be uh, just thinking about how many hours are left in the month. The month of February was about to start. I was like, how many hours? And I go, it's about 40. It was not quite 40. It was 39 hours and 50 minutes or something. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a commitment to the Lord. I am going to pray. I'm locking in. 
And I'm going to pray for that $50,000 all my waking seconds for the next 40 hours. I'm just going to lock in. I'm going to pray. Give me $50,000. Give me $50,000. Give me $50,000. Lord, give me $50,000. I just decide I'm going to lock in and I, and I say, Lord, give it to me before the, 50, the 40 hours are over. Give it to me before the end of the month. I want this money before the end of the month. And I am locked in. Well, I prayed that for an hour. And I now get to the 39th hour. Or there's going to be 39 hours left. And in our meetings, in our prayer meetings, we do a time, if it's an intercession set or a petition, we do a time of personal ministry. And John Stokes is the prayer leader. And John comes over to me at the hour mark. So now I've changed my language. I'm not saying in the next 40 hours. Now I'm saying in the next 39 hours. I've just started. Lord, give me the $50,000 in the next 39 hours. Give it to me next. And I'm planning when I get to 38, give it to me in the next 38 hours. I'm, I'm planning. I'm just going to tick it down. I'm still going to sleep. But as soon as I wake up, and if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm going to keep praying this thing. An hour has gone by. The 40th hour, I've prayed down now to 39. And I just started praying, God, give us $50,000 in, in the next 39 hours. And John comes over to me. And ministry time, what's supposed to happen is the prayer leader is supposed to come pray for you. That's what's supposed to happen. Okay? But John sometimes, he just has the Lord. And I don't, know, I don't know what else to tell you. He just has the Lord. And John comes over to me, and instead of offering to pray for me, he did the perfect thing. He just starts saying stuff. And he said, he said, hey, Brad, uh, I had this dream where TPR had been given a huge ship for nine years. And it was almost done. And we were at nine years in our journey at that point. But in the dream, the number nine was also the number 39. It said, it was like it had a double meaning or something. Uh-huh. Like the Lord was saying two things at once. And I knew it was important because 40, what did you just say? Because 40 was the number of the fulfillment of trials. And 39 meant the completion of our trials was coming next. He said, he didn't know how that made any sense because he didn't know what that 39 meant. If that meant years or what, he didn't know. I understood, he said, I understood about the nine years, but I didn't know what to make of the 3940 thing. Now, John is supposed to be praying for me, but instead he's prophesying. I have just spent an hour praying, give me $50,000 in the next 40 hours, and now I'm praying, give me $50,000 in the next 39 hours. And John comes over and says, yeah, there's this double meaning on 39, and, and I, I, you know, I don't know what to do with it. I, I mean, I was just shocked. I was like, okay, I believe, God, you're going to do this. Well, I'll just tell you, 39 hours came and went, we didn't get any money. And when that happens, you get discouraged because you think you know what the prophetic thing means. When I had that encounter, I thought, this is it. God's going to give us the $50,000 before the 39 hours is up. That, it's done. I'm convinced deep in my soul, 39 hours passes. Doesn't happen. It's a few days later. And if I can be honest, I'm, I'm struggling. I know God's speaking, but he hasn't landed it yet. And there is this waiting, there's this crunch in the waiting that we all need to learn how to get comfortable in because God is all about waiting. He loves it. Playing the quiet game and waiting are his favorite games, okay? And we need to get comfortable with the way God does business, okay? Well, the other thing that he does is he's a massive encourager. So here we are, a few days later, and I'm discouraged. And I find myself at this conference there's a conference over at Grace Community Church and the, the guy that was leading the prayer ministry over there, Tom Grossman, who we've mentioned in, in this already, he invited me over and he said, hey, listen, we're having uh, um, Bob Sorge come. He's gonna minister. 
I'd love it if you'd open the conference in prayer and just kind of pray over this event. And he said, it'd mean a lot to me. Will you come? And I'm like, yeah, I got a lot going on. I'm trying to process all this. Plus, I'm kind of sad. I'm kind of depressed, if I'm going to be honest. And I'm like, okay, sure, I'll come. But my plan is come, pray, leave. That's the plan. That's the plan. Okay? Well, I come, I pray, and immediately he gives the microphone to Bob Sorge. And if you guys don't know Bob Sorge, he has a very, very, very quiet voice. Like he's, he's lost his voice. Like permanently, like can't really talk. But he's figured out a way to like press past that. So it's really intense. So here's what happens. I'm walking off the stage and I'm seated on the front row. The entire room is now seated and silent like pin drop engaged in Bob Sorge. And I'm supposed to walk out of this room from the front row and look like the most disrespectful person on the planet? I don't think so. I sit down, I go, okay, have your will. <laughs> Whatever, Lord, it looks like I'm here for a minute. He says, well... I'd like everybody to open up to Luke chapter 11. And for an hour he taught on Luke 11, 5 through 8. The prayer we're praying every two hours and have been for weeks. The very thing I'm discouraged about. He's teaching on it and giving even more insight. It's like it's the Lord going, I have so got you. Just don't give up. Keep asking. Ask and keep asking. It's not enough that you've asked. Keep asking. I have this, I'm looking through my old dreams and I, I do that sometimes. In this, in this moment, right after this Bob Sorge thing, and I'm kind of like, Lord, just keep me encouraged, keep me focused. And then I find this dream and in the dream we were visiting a facility that in the dream we knew was going to be given to us. One way or the other, we knew we were going to get this building. But it was an old Methodist church located somewhere in Arlington, but in a kind of out-of-the-way location. Friends, the reason that the colors on the wall were so vibrant is because this used to be the youth center for Trinity United Methodist Church across the street. Trinity United Methodist had sold their campus and had moved down the road and built a bigger campus, and they still had a bunch of buildings over here they were selling off one at a time. Remember that realtor? He'd been working for him for 18 months. He'd sold off a bunch of their properties. This was one of about six that were buildings that were owned by Trinity United Methodist. I find this, I go, oh my gosh, given an old Methodist church facility. Here we are in an old Methodist church. I was like, I'm in. I can believe it, at least for another day. I had one powerful encounter either that night or the next night, very soon after that. And I, I never have this happen. I never have like what I would call an encounter in the, in the night. I, I have dreams a lot. But this was an encounter. I was restless. I couldn't hardly sleep. And I was going kind of in and out of a, a drifting sleep state. And I had one of the most profound encounters I've ever had in my life. I mean, top 10 kind of a thing. In this dream, I hear the Holy Spirit. I, see, I hear the Lord say, you poured out your oil on me, so now I'm going to pour mine out on you. And in the dream, I don't just hear him say it. I see it. I see this oil, and it's thick like honey, and it's glooping down on me in the dream. And it's, 
It is profound. It's covering me. I feel it. I see it. I'm, I am experiencing this profound thing. Well, oil was another thing that we were praying for in that season. Lord, keep us having oil in our lamps. You know, keep us pursuing you in faithfulness. Keep us burning in intercession. Keep us uh, in friendship. Oil was another, it wasn't the main focus, but it was kind of a sub-theme in that season that we had been praying for. Here I'm having this encounter. Well, that same night, one of our leadership team had a dream that same night about giving, being given bread. Oil and bread being given the same night. This dream, same night. In the dream, I was eating a ton of bread. Like every kind of bread you could possibly imagine bread. Spread out on a very long table. It was all laid out before me just so I could eat it. Another one of those encouraging moments. The Lord saying, I'm going to give you that bread. Don't stop asking. Don't stop asking. It's a few weeks later. One of our worship leaders has a dream that a guest speaker had come to, to speak at our ministry in the dream. And they got up, and instead of teaching, they got up and they said, Brad, we took up an offering for your missions base, and here it is. And it was a check for $50,000. We're like, we're going to get this. We're going to see this. Well, let me tell you the week that it all happened. One morning, I go into the prayer room. Now, we've been praying for months. And it's a difficult thing to lock into an impossible thing for a long period of time. You deal with all the areas of despair in your soul, all the areas of barrenness, all the areas of, do I really believe this? All the areas, if I quit now, is that a, it, will I be shameful? I mean, you just, you work through so many things. We've been praying it for months, and the prayers are not really fiery anymore. We get up for, oh God, here's my, you know, the thing, just Luke, bread, whatever, bye. And it's like, we just, it's, they're not fiery at this point, Okay. I walk into the prayer room one morning. Luke Cooper's leading worship. Joseph uh, Cabano's the usher. And we walk in and we see this, we see this really interesting thing sitting up on the podium. It's a basket with some bread in it. And it's not our church, not our facility. So we think, you know, maybe it's bread Sunday. You know, maybe they're going to like do communion with big loaves of bread or something. I don't know. Well, sometime in the middle of the meeting, Joseph decides he's going to go over and inspect this bread a little closer. Okay, because it's on our podium. I think it was this podium. It was on this podium. He goes over and he looks at it. And uh, he can see that there's something under the bread. There's like a box. There's a black box under the bread. And he decides he's going to open it up. I sure am glad he did. Joseph walks over to me with this basket. We'd seen it that morning. You know, we'd, we'd seen it. We just didn't know what to do with it. He came over. He said, uh, Brad, I... I think you need to see something. And he pulled the two loaves of bread off the top of the basket. And there was a black box underneath it. And then he opened that box. And it was full of $100 bills. $50,000 worth of $100 bills. And I almost fell out of my seat. And I freaked out and screamed a couple of times. I mean like, ah! Like, no words, just noises. And I wasn't trying. I was, I was freaked out of my mind. Because there's $50,000, an anonymous gift. There's nothing. There was just a, there was a piece of paper with an arrow that was pointing down. $50,000. We didn't, it didn't say money or anything. We just, we almost didn't open it. There's $50,000 inside this box. The same exact thing we've been praying for. The thing the Lord spoke over and over and over. It's a few days later. We're shocked. I mean, we're telling everybody we're so excited. No, no. We had not told a soul yet. I told Joseph, tell no one. Luke was on the leadership team. He knew not to tell anybody. No one knows that this happened. I get an email from a friend of the ministry three days later. 
the email from the friend of the ministry says, hey, listen, the Lord's laid you guys on my heart. I really want to help the ministry. Uh, because of the way that my finances are, they're in different assets and stuff, I can only pull out $5,000 a month because of the way things work. But I'm going to pull out $5,000 this month, $5,000 next month, and $5,000 next month, $15,000. It's yours. You can count on it. First $5,000 will be there in a couple of days. She's giving us $15,000 three days after we got $50,000. Can we do the math? $65,000. The exact thing we've been praying for, pounding the door of heaven, pounding the door of heaven, $65,000. Boom, just like that, but it didn't come without labor. Let's put up those two slides, the, or the first, the first slides, the slides of the money for those who are... Uh, Look what I came into this morning. Some nice bread with a little arrow. And what's in this box? $50,000. Where'd you get that? Oh, you know, we found it in a basket of bread. Flagged. So, okay. So we got the $65,000. We're doing this thing, man. We're checking everything off the list. We got the thing. We got the thing. We got the thing. We got the thing. Let's do this thing. We got $65,000. We are set. We've got nearly everything on that cockamamie plan I presented to the leadership team however many months back. We've got nearly everything checked out, so we're starting to move. Now we've got to get permission from the city. Reluctantly, they give us permission. I'm like, okay, we're going to get this thing. We're going to move in. We start doing the remodel. We're going through the process. We are following the rules to the T with the city. We get to the point where we're almost done with, uh, with the work that we've, uh, we've said we needed to do. And all of a sudden, the, the building inspector, he shows up and he says, hey, listen, I don't know who you made mad. I, I heard rumors they think you guys are Muslims. Then they thought you were a cult. I, I just think they don't like you. He said, I'm hearing things. I'm, they're making me say things to you I don't want to say and that I... I don't think is right, but I have to do what they tell me. I go, well, this sounds like really great news. He goes, yeah, uh, you're going to need to do this, 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 and this. The work, we're already, you know, two-thirds of the way through the building process. He said, the work that we're going to need to do is going to cost us about another $50,000. And I can't believe it. I am so mad. I'm like, no way. Then we find out from a city council member who... Lord bless that person's soul. The city council member comes and tells us, they all hate you. I'm the only one who thinks that this is wrong. They're trying to put you guys under. The secret meetings that we're having as a city council are all about trying to get you guys, don't get into that place and put you under as a ministry so that you can't move in. And I go, that's so encouraging, thank you. We've got another friend that's, uh, that her dad was the building inspector of another city. So we're getting insider information of what's legal and what's not from this other building inspector. We had a fat lawsuit on our hands if we wanted it. A fat one. Like, we can sue the city for this, 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 and this. We had about five different things we could sue them for. And I just prayed. I'm like, Lord, what are we supposed to do? And I hear the Holy Spirit say, do you trust me? I was like, well, I know my answer is supposed to be yes. I want to say yes. Yes, by faith. Yes, I trust you. Here's what that really means. How'd you guys get the money last time? Did you trust in horses, chariots? Did you trust in the Lord? Oh, man. That's a lot of work, Lord. I go, okay, call the section leader. 
We're going to change the rapid fire topic. We need more money. I don't say $50,000. I just don't have it in me to say it. I just don't have it in me to say we need $50,000, but I know we need to. And privately, I'm praying, God, give us $50,000. Every time I go up on that mic, go, Lord, give us more money. You know what I mean, Lord. Do the thing. And I, I am praying for $50,000 because I know that's what we need to be able to keep moving forward on this thing. Weeks go by. And one day, I hear Amy screaming. Sometimes when Amy screams, it's delightful. Brad! Brad, get in here! That wasn't there a minute ago! What do you mean it wasn't there a minute ago? She goes, look on the back porch! And on the back porch is this bag. And this bag says, oh, happy day. It's a bag. A bag that says, oh, happy day. Doesn't say anything else. It's oh, happy day. And it's on the back porch. And Amy's like, it wasn't on the back porch a minute ago. She said, well, you go out there. You, I don't want to touch it. I don't know what that is. And I was like, I think I do. And she goes, what? I go, I think it's bread. <laughs> and she goes, she goes, really? $50,000 in $100 bills on the back porch of my house. I can't believe it. I call our contractor. because The contractor had to stop working because these other things needed to get done before he could finish his work. But he can't work on those because we don't have money to pay him because we don't have any money. We paid him all the money. We got, all, we got money to do this. We don't have money to do that. So we're waiting for weeks. He had to go get other jobs. I call him up. Dude, get back over the building. Start working. I got money. He said, no. I said, this time it was on my back porch. He said, he said, no. He said, $50,000. I said, $50,000. He goes, I don't know. I don't know how to deal with this, man. I, I don't know how you guys do stuff over the prayer room. This is, this is not what it's like in my world, man. And I was like, I was like, that's the power of the Lord God Almighty. Don't trust in chariots. It's really easy to have faith when God has moved as opposed to moving or not yet moved. So we start process. We're doing it. We're kicking butt and taking names, okay? So we're building. We're doing this thing. We get to the very end. We are at nearly at final inspection, nearly. And we have the building inspector come over. Now, now it's the fire chief. Fire chief and the building inspector come over. And the fire chief goes, nope, nope, this isn't going to work. Nope, you need to do this and this. You need to install four more emergency exits. And my jaw drops. Emergency exits are part of the egress phase, which is like phase one or phase two of a 10-part process. We're at part 10. I've already gone and put the emergency exits in where they told me at phase one and two. We've already done all that. But here it is, the last ditch effort. You gotta put in four more. Oh, and by the way, where you need to put them in, you're gonna need to concrete landings and all this extra stuff and do all this stuff and uh, da, 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 and all this other stuff. And I'm like, oh my injustice. Bro, you just, you just need to be real careful because I, I don't know how all this works, but I will be afraid right now. I will be afraid of God. And I'm like, I cannot believe this. And I go back and I'm like, now we're suing. And I've got leaders and they're saying, sue, sue, sue. And I go, Lord, what do we do? And I heard him say, do you trust me? Less and less these days, Lord. <laughs> Jesus, help me. Okay, call the section leader. Changing the rapid fire topic. What are we praying for? You don't want to know. We just need more money. How much? I'm not going there with you. It's about thirty-five to forty thousand dollars extra at the very end of the project, and I know it. I know it's like I can do the math, and I'm like, 
this and this, and I talked to the contractor. He's like, yeah, man, da 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 And he's like, it's going to be about 37 I was like, oh, my gosh. We need another $40,000. Lord, get up and give us more bread. You got more of that? That dream the girl had had a bunch of bread on the table, not just one bread. So just keep bringing some more bread, Lord. Bring us some more bread. Amy and I are at home. Oh, yeah, put up that other slide from the, the second uh, chunk of money, the $50,000. Put up that slide if we got it. So now we're here, we're, we're waiting. It's, the weeks are going by, and I'm freaked out of my mind. Lord, get up and give us bread, because we're, we're held up. We're having to pay the note on this building, but we're not in it. And each month, it's like, oh, my goodness, it's just so intense. And so I go, uh, one night, Amy and I are at home. We're sitting on the couch. It's about 8 or 9 o'clock, something like that. In, uh, I think in early November. I've got the date. Uh, yeah, November 10th. And so, uh, so we're sitting on the couch, and we've been praying this for weeks now. And I'm just telling you, this is draining, guys. This is a tough way to get into a building. We're, we're sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden, we hear this knock at the door. Knock, knock, knock. And I'm like, I have a rule in my house. If you know me, you just come in. If you're knocking, I probably don't want to talk to you. Because you're probably a traveling salesman or something. So I don't, I, I normally don't ever answer the door, okay? So call me or text me or something, because I'm not coming to that door. Amy's like, you gotta go get it. I was like, I don't want to go get the door. I want to watch Netflix. Like she goes, she goes, you need to go get it. What if, what if it's the bad guy or something? I'm like, she goes, I don't know why. She said, bring a bat. And I was like, bring a bat? I'm not going to bring a bat. I go to the front door. And as soon as I open the door, I hear this. It's somebody peeling out. Okay? They are peeling out. It's somebody has dropped off something, and they are gone. And on the ground, there's a Merry Christmas cookie tin on the front porch. It says Merry Christmas. It's a cookie tin. You know, you normally put cookies in a cookie tin. Not this person. This person put $40,000 in $100 bills in the cookie tin. I went, Amy! Amy, I believe! I believe! I threw that money. Go ahead and put it up. I threw that money on the floor and I swam in it. Oh, yes, I did. I put that. Put that slide up. Show me. I swam in it. I swam in it. I was swimming. I was so excited. I was like, we got the money. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. So then, so I, so I, I call, the, uh, I call the, the, the contractor. I go, hey, get your butt back to work, man. What are you doing? He goes, he goes, you got, you got the money? I go, yeah. He said, $50,000. I go, no, it was only forty this time. He said, you have $40,000. Where was it this time? I said, front porch. He said, you got $40,000 in cash on your front porch. Huh? He goes, man, I, I don't. He said, I'll be there tomorrow. He said, I'll start. He said, I'll cancel the other job. I'm going to come and I'll work on it. We'll put those emergency exits in. We're going to stick it to the city, man. That's what he's like. We'll show them. Man, they can't stop you guys. Every time you run into a problem, God just gives you money. So, all right. So we get through it. Takes a couple of weeks. We get the things in. We have the final inspection. The fire chief shows up. We're almost done with this story. Hang in there with me. This wraps up real good. Fire chief comes. He walks around and He's kind of shocked. The whole city is shocked because God is on our side. And at this point, it's kind of obvious because they know we don't have any money. And no one's ever heard of a ministry keep getting $50,000. That's just not, you, you put a blockade, the ministry sinks and it dies. Then not, not around here. And so, so they're kind of shocked. The, the fire inspector shows up and he goes, uh, he goes, okay, yeah, all right, the door, all right. Well, you need to put an exit sign up there and you need to do a thing over here. You know, he gives us a list of about 10 things. None of them are huge, but some of them are time sensitive like, well, we can't get that thing until next Tuesday. 
you know, or we're going to need the thing, or that's going to take a little bit of work, or this is that. He gives us a list of things that's about 10 things long. It might have been eight. And he says, uh, he says, okay, well, listen, we're real busy. Um, it's going to be a while before we could come out here for another inspection. Might be a few weeks. Might even be a month. I don't know. Might be a while. Unless you guys can be ready at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. You need to have all this stuff done so we can do the building inspection tomorrow at 10 a.m. Okay. He said, oh, oh, oh yeah. Um, uh, one more thing. Um, you need to have all your stuff moved in by then. Because we want to make sure that the way you're going to set up the building is how you have it on plans. So we want you to have all your stuff moved in before we give you permission to move in. Before we give you your certificate of occupancy, you need to have occupied it. And I said, no problem. And he left thinking he owned us. And I called everyone. Rally the Rohirrim! It's like, we're going to war! We're going to war. Here's the game plan. We're going to get everybody and their dog Searching the internet, finding that sign, find, getting the thing, doing the thing. Get over here. We're going to move everything. We've got stuff in three storage places. Three. We're going to get it all moved over here, and we're going to flabbergast them. I call everybody. An, a church canceled their elder meeting that night. All the elders decided, we're going to come over and help. This is injustice. We can't believe this. Another church says, you know what? We're going to pay for the U-Haul. You guys just start U-hauling that stuff over there. We've been sending you some people. We got old friends that we haven't seen in years. We got another church or something. We got this group. We got there were so many people that showed up here out of nowhere. I'm talking about I had this meeting with this guy at like 10 or 11 in the morning, and by noon or 12:30, there's an army rallied, and I'm not doing any work. I'm just strategizing and manager. Hey, you go over here and do the thing. Hey, you don't forget the thing. Get the thing. Yeah, that come in here. Sure, put the chairs around. I mean, it's blah, 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 blah. it was the most exhausting day of my life. Around midnight that night, we've gotten everything moved in. We've gotten all the work done. All of it. It's impossible. It might have been the greatest miracle in the whole process because it required an absolute army to be able to pull it off. They come the next morning, and you know he walks in all smug. And I see it on his face. And I, I don't, I'm real coy. I don't give away anything. And he goes, well, I got to give you half a compliment. Direct quote. I got to give you half a compliment. You guys did pretty good here. All right. You got your CO? And gave us our CO. And he was shocked. The whole city was shocked because the whole city wanted to put us out of business. Now, I got one last piece of this because this was awesome. Towards the end, we'll wrap up. Worship team, you can come on up. Towards the end of our remodel process, somewhere in that time frame of we're trying to put in the emergency exits, a church moves in next door, and they're leasing from the owner of the building. Okay? Church moves in next door, and the city starts giving this church a lot of the same flack they were giving us. Okay? And remember, I kept hearing the Lord every time we were in a moment where we could sue. I heard the Lord say, do you trust me? Do you trust me? I kept hearing it. This church moves in next door. Well, I, don't, I don't know if they prayed if the, what they were supposed to do or they just, maybe the Lord told it. I don't, all I, all I know is they sued the city. And it showed up on the front page of national news. 
city of Pantigo gets sued for religious, uh, you know, uh, whatever, uh, whatever the word, mis- not misconduct, but um, uh, say it again, discrimination and impeding, you know, a ministry from being able to do its thing. They get sued by this church. It's national news. I see it in the news. I find it. Nobody told me. I just, I was reading the news and I went, oh my gosh, that's the church next door. They're suing the city. The city is getting the biggest ugly black eye right now. In the, in the face of the nation, city of Pantigo sued for religious discrimination. I was like, yeah. And I, and I just heard the Lord say, do you trust me? I'm like, yes, I trust you. Now, here's what's great. As soon as that happened, city of Pantigo dropped all their nonsense, gave in to all the stuff that that church needed, and we have not heard one word in four years. Not one word. The Lord ended it. I tell you this story because this is how God deals with the house of prayer. This is how God deals with this thing that's very precious to him. And there's a lot of things I don't understand. There's a lot of the process that's not my favorite in my flesh. But I can tell you one thing. The Lord is with us. And we don't trust in chariots or horses or anything else. We trust in the name of the Lord. And he will fulfill the future promises. Just like he's fulfilled the ones that he told us he was going to give us. The Lord is with us. I want to encourage you to engage your faith. To believe in the God who does miracles still today. Father, we ask you in Jesus' name. Would you empower our faith? Would you help us to believe? And Jesus, we say thank you. Holy Spirit, you are the best. The wild ways you've moved on our behalf again and again. Father, the way that you've looked after your children and given good gifts. Jesus, your house. You've supplied for your house. We love you. We are so grateful. And we ask you, continue to build our faith that we might trust in you in Jesus' name. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources or to schedule another TPR teacher to come speak at your church or event, please see our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Thank you.